time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Uh, on our program, El Conservador, sponsored by Border Hawk News. Thank you for being with us, my friends. We've got a packed show, so I don't want to take too much time in the intro. Uh, first of all, let me tell you, we've got uh, two very good uh, new guests, uh, Miss Christy Hutcherson, who is with Women Fighting on the uh, Women Fighting for America, and uh, she is one of the sponsors of the Laredo Rally that took place last week. Uh, I wanted to get her on so she could chat a little bit about um, the event and her organization. We also have Mr. Terry Anderson, who helped from uh, Patriots at Large, who actually did the groundwork putting the event together. And uh, I wanted to get him on because the Laredo people, the Laredo Democrats, have branded the rally as a hate uh, rally. Uh, the organizers uh, were apparently white supremacists, according to these folks. Uh, even Ocasio-Cortez said that. So um, those those are our first two guests. Our, our, our final guests are going to be um, Mr. Silvio Canto, who is uh, my good friend and blogger, uh, a Cuban refugee himself, and he's going to be chatting a little bit about... Uh, uh, the difference between this open border chaos and uh, his experience, and my very, very good friend, Tom Homan, the former uh, uh, ICE director. Uh, so without further ado, let's go to our first guest. Thank you for being with us. Call your friends and tell them to join us. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got a new guest with us today, Miss Christy Hutcherson who is with Women Fighting for America. I reached out to her because I uh, met her recently at a rally in Laredo. And uh, Christy has been doing uh, uh, something that I guess Democrats should do, but uh, they're not going to do. In fact, a lot of politicians should do. Uh, Christy has been traveling literally the length of the border, of the U.S.-Mexican border, uh, to uh, get a firsthand view of what is happening. And uh, like I said, I met her uh, this past week in uh, in Laredo. Christy, welcome to the show. Tell us what what you have learned and what you have seen from your trip uh, along the border. Good morning, George. First of all, thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. This is an extremely important uh, situation and crisis that really the American people have the right to know really what's going on down at the border. And I was one of those individuals. And as the founder of Women Fighting for America, I felt like I needed to get out there and firsthand see exactly what the crisis is all about. And I'll tell you, my eyes have been opened, and I'm shocked and disheartened by everything that I've seen. And for the Democrats to try to spin, especially yesterday, I was watching some of the Sunday shows, trying to spin that this is not a crisis and that it's not uh, that, that big of a deal. Let me tell you, it's not just a crisis, it's an epic crisis. And from a humanitarian perspective, every single American should be uh, shaken to their core. I started in Tijuana, Mexico, and in California. I have worked my way from Arizona, New Mexico, and like I said, I met you in our rally in Laredo, Texas. And one of the things that I've learned along the way, I've, I've interviewed, I've met with the border town residents, I've met with the sheriff, I've met with the mayor, and I've been to places where nobody has been to, not even the news media. I've been where the cartels are. I've actually interacted, actually, ironic, uh, on Saturday, I, I had an interaction with a cartel. And um, they have what we call, I, I learned something new, they're called rape trees. And I said that right, rape trees. So a lot of times what happens is when the women and the children uh, want to make their passageway into the United States, a couple things happen. The parents of these uh, children who they're allowing to freely go and make this dangerous, dangerous trek are telling them, first of all, get on birth control because they know the rite of passage is going to be multiple raping. And one of the things with the rape tree is, is the coyotes will bring these women across the border. And before they're actually either sold into human trafficking or if they're the lucky ones who actually get to be released into the United States, they are typically raped or gang raped. 
And what the coyotes do is they take the bras or the panties of the rape victim and they throw them up into the tree as a trophy. Wow. That's just one of the stories. Yes, we have heard about that, but you saw it personally, huh? Wow. Yes, sir. Incredible. Uh, what we also, you... the unaccompanied minors that the left loves to talk about, let me tell you about the unaccompanied minors. The unaccompanied minors, are most of them are utilized and used by the cartel in numerous ways. One is a passage they will um, hide drugs on these children. I mean, that's part of their payment. And if they don't make it across the border, if they don't get their drugs in the hand, they're threatened and said your family or anybody who's left behind can be killed. Some of these children are also tattooed, and they have multiple, multiple tattoos on them, and they're recycled. So if they make it across the border that the drug cartels are utilizing them, and they get into these facilities, and then they get released eventually, then they get recycled, they get back to Mexico, and it's a recycling of these children who will have multiple tattoos on them. Um, this notion that it's just you can open up our borders and let them in, the one thing I've learned make no mistake, the drug cartels own the borders. They own the border cities, and there is a price to pay to cross into the United States or back into Mexico. What this administration is doing, they literally are emboldening, empowering, and financially strengthening every single drug cartel from California all the way to Texas. And they have blood on their hands and rape and murder on their hands. Now, to hear hear them talk... Um, we, the United States, owe the rest of the world uh, something. We, we owe it to them to, to enter the United States and protect them. Uh, this, in spite of the fact that we're sending them, you know, we send all these countries tons and tons of uh, foreign aid. Um, what is your perspective on that? Well, first of all, um, I'm, a, I'm from an immigrant family. My mother family, my papa and my, my, grand, my great-grandfather fled Stalin. They were Russian Jews. They came in through Ellis Island. They're actually written in Ellis Island, and they did it properly and correctly. And that was at an extreme level when, um, you know, we all know what Stalin and, and them did to the Jews over there. So to say that we owe anybody anything, America owes nobody anything except for to the American citizens. The oath of office that every single senator Congressman and the President of the United States took was to protect the United States from foreign and domestic and the American way of life first, which is securing our borders. I actually met along my journey, her name is Namarada, and she is a filmmaker out of Hollywood. She's a Democrat. And she did a film a couple years ago about the border crisis, and she, she started doing it from a left perspective. And she flipped completely around when she started realizing the toll and the cost and the humanitarian cost of opening up the borders. And I'm going to also say this. When we have, I'm a mama, I'm a military mom. My son's serving, my husband served, my whole family has served this great nation in the military. When we have veterans who we are not feeding, clothing, and they're living on the street, and we're putting the needs of illegals, because that's what they are, they're illegal, ahead of our own, and are, who have served this nation and fought our sovereignty. There's a problem with that. We have lost our way as America. We have lost our way as the people. We have got to get this right, and we have to secure our borders. Let me ask you real quick also, before we close, the um, you also have met with law enforcement folks, not only Border Patrol people, but uh, yes. sheriffs. What has their perspective been to you? I'll tell you, I've, I've had the privilege to meet with both Sheriff Lamb and Sheriff Mark Daniel, and they are great patriots. And what they're telling us is ever since this administration took over, because I asked them, I said, was it an uptick from the previous administration? And they, they started giggling. They said, it, uh, uptick will say that it's a little bit. They said, that's mildly putting it. Just in one county alone, let me put this in perspective to the audience out there. One county alone, since this new administration has taken place, they have caught, now this is just who they've caught, not who they haven't caught. 24,747 illegals in one county. How many? Say that again. (laughs) 24,747. Oh, my gosh. 
put that in perspective. And I'm going to tell you, while I'm driving down the interstate, 60, 70 miles in, for an example, yesterday, if you guys go to my Facebook page, Women Fighting for America's Facebook page, I put up live videos. And as we're traveling, we're seeing Border Patrol catching young males, 40, 50, 60 miles inland. There's no mask. They're not being treated for COVID. They come in with all sorts of stuff, TB, uh, COVID-19. They're putting them up in hotels, $86 million of our taxpayer dollars so far, just in, in contracts with hotels alone. You'll go down the road, you'll see these road is, roadside hotels. There's not a car in the parking lot, but they're sold out all the way through Easter. We're housing, clothing, giving food and water. And I'm going to tell you, all of the video that I've taken in, and I've seen with the, these uh, illegals coming over, whether it's women, children, men, they are clothed nicely. You're not talking, they're not dehydrated. And all of these pictures that the left likes to say, these individuals are paying money upwards between $4,000 per person, all the way up to the Syrians and the Muslims and the terrorists who are wanting to do harm for us, up to $35,000 for a right of passage into the United States of America, by the way. Wow. Uh, Christy, I wish we could talk a little bit longer, but we, we need to close. Tell the folks how they can follow you and where they can follow you. Sure. Please go to WFFA.win. That's W-I-N. WFFA.win. That's our webpage. Um, you can go through there to our Facebook pages and our other social media pages. We have several events. We're going to be doing a We the People uh, tour where we're going to be exposing a lot more than just what's going on at the border. We do need volunteers. We, we do need assistance and help. You can also go to our Facebook page, Women Fighting for America. Again, it's WFFA. Um, please get involved. We the people, we the people are going to be the one to take back this nation. And we it. need to do it together. Christy, thank you very much for all the work that you do. Stay safe and keep it up. Thank you so much. Thank you, George, for having me. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And uh, we've got uh, a new guest with us, one that I met uh, the other day in Laredo, uh, Mr. Terry Anderson, who is with Patriots at Large. And Terry was one of the people that helped to organize the, uh, or the, the, the rally at the border in Laredo on Friday. And uh, one of the interesting things, let me give you some background real quick. One of the interesting things that has occurred since that time is that, first of all, uh, the Democratic Party and the leftists on the, uh, in Laredo uh, have uh, said that there is no surge, that there is no border crisis, that this is something that is contrived by outsiders. They were very, very adamant to say they were outsiders, even there are even though there were a lot of Laredo people involved in the event. The other thing, and this happened on, um, on Tuesday, um, was that uh, that narrative has apparently been picked up and enhanced by Ocasio-Cortez, the congresswoman from uh, New York, who now says that anybody who calls the uh, crisis or the problem on the border, particularly with children, she emphasized that the, the humanitarian problem with the children, that whoever brands that a crisis or a surge is a white supremacist and is trying and is using racist terms. Amazing. It's amazing. So I wanted to get Terry on here uh, and, and chat with him and ask him to please tell us about the reason for organizing this uh, this event, and uh, the results of it. Terry, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining us. Talk to us. Tell us about what you've seen, what you have heard, what you have learned. 
great, George. Thanks for having me, first of all. Um, it's good to talk to you again. Uh, thanks again for accepting our invite to come to the um, We the People to, you know, secure our borders rally that we had in Laredo on uh, March 26th. We had a great time down there with you and, and with the other local speakers and some of the other local groups that were helped involved uh, organizing this. And just wanted to thank you again for this time and the chance to, to express our views on what's going on with this with this issue and this crisis. Um, so as we were there, you know, first of all, let me just give you a little background about me. I'm a, I've organized a page called, called Patriots at Large. It's a grassroots organization um, that we are conservatives, uh, patriots. We want to get out there. We want to get into action. We want to help our communities. We want to, you know, help our uh, political parties to, to, to put the right people in office that we, you know, that we want that um, represent our values, you know, our conservative values. So as together we were given this opportunity to host this rally uh, and with some guest speakers, some big name guest speakers, we uh, we did not uh, have the the guest list was a, was a different group that actually did that. It was FF, uh, WFFA, and so they put the guest list together as we got this rally going together. And we but we did actually have a little bit of input. You were actually one of the was adamant about having come and speak there, George. She fell in love with your article. She fell in love with your radio program. She thought you were just the cat's meow. And so <laughs> she's, she's, and she still does. And so we, we were really grateful that you came and spoke at this as well. And so when we did this, what we were trying to do is shine a spotlight on the border crisis. And there is a crisis. There's hundreds of people down here, uh, Hector Garza, Sandra Witten, West, the Rio Grande conservatives, yourself. You know, many people have been able to document this. We were able to document this as we arrived in the in the border down there. Uh, we got there Thursday night, the 25th. We met with Pastor Jorge Tovar. He prayed with us as we came into the town and and uh, welcomed us to Laredo. And we were at the uh, Dos Laredos Park. Uh, it goes by Dos or Tres Laredo, depends on what part of the park you're at. But um, Dos or Tres Laredo Park in downtown Laredo met him there, showed him where we were going to do the function the next day. He prayed with us. As we got done praying, we looked over in the river, and lo and behold, there's men floating across in the raft, uh, in a rubber inner tube or whatever. Um, the Border Patrol's there. They're trying to stop them from coming across. The, the the guys go back to the other bank. The Border Patrol leaves. The guys try to come back across again. Uh, you know, there's four or five of them. Um, you know, my, my group of people was just standing there. We were just in shock. We had just come down to this area, and this is what the first thing that we saw. So if this is the normal for down there, then I guess that, I don't know. I wouldn't think that's the normal, but the but the results are actually the statistics that, and the numbers and the, and the witnesses that have told us of what's going on down there tell a whole different story than what Cortez is saying or any of the city council members, or some, well, not any of the city council members, but some of the city council members are, are saying that this isn't even happening, that this isn't even a crisis. We have documents. We have proof. We have video proof. Not just me, but thousands and thousands of other people. I have video proof that, and and the statistics of these people coming across truckloads of immigrants being found in buses, being videos of them being released. So we know this is an issue. So having said all that, we didn't come to Laredo to say that Laredo was the epicenter of all this problem, or that they were the 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 only battleground for all this problem. We came to Laredo because we met. We were introduced to Sandra Witten. She took us around, showed us the town. Sandra, hi. She was awesome. Uh, took her whole day off with her and her kids to show me from 6 o'clock in the morning until 8.30 uh, Saturday, two weeks prior to the 26th, to show us around town. We absolutely fell in love with the city of Laredo, the people of Laredo. We, made the, we met the Rio Grande conservatives. Hi, guys. Um, they were awesome. They were so... Um, full of energy and passion for what they were doing, and and it was it was just contagious. And we we wanted to come down there and actually help this community uh, to shine a, a, a light on what was really happening down there, and not just the immigration, but how it is affecting the border communities. Laredo is a border community that is affected by the border crisis. And if the people on the city council tell you any different that they're just used to it or whatever, it's because they're immune to what's happening down there. It's been happening so long that they don't even pay attention to it anymore. Yeah. Or when the surges happen, when there are more people coming, they're just like, well, it's a seasonal uptick. And that's yeah. the word I heard the other day. My family, my grandparents, my parents, yeah. my family is from Laredo. 
And uh, they used to complain because there is a culture that has developed where there, where illegal immigration is almost an acceptable sin. And uh, that is a problem. Continue. That's a good point, too. And, you know, we have talked to lot, lots of locals and yourself, and I know you're a, a Laredian, a, a native, and so you, you had told me that before. And in speaking with the people that live there, it's almost become, it, it's, it's gotten to the point where these people are living under this shadow of this, of this border issue, and it affects their daily lives. My, you know, I, after I met with the Rio Grande conservative kids and they were anywhere from 18 to 30 years old, a little bit over 30 maybe, they were, um, they were so awesome. They had such a heart for what they were doing down there. And, but yet these kids had come up with border patrol trucks and cars running up and down their communities, all over their communities, uh, helicopters, airboats, um, Mexican helicopters coming into American space, drugs, drug, uh, drug smugglers running through their football fields, through their football practices. Sandra Witten told me two, two different accounts or a couple different accounts that she had had of, and seen of this, that they, they actually have to stop the football drills or the baseball or soccer drills, uh, you know, because we've got, you know, people coming through our, our fields because their field is literally right on the Rio Grande River. And so, you know, just when I came down there and met with them, I was totally uh, committed to coming and helping again. So we put together this thing, uh, this event. We had this event, and we were really rallying for border security, uh, not protesting against Laredo. We were rallying for border security. Now, people uh, the, on the city council said, well, we're not from that area. Well, guess what? I live in Texas. This is my state, too. Um, I'm American. That's my. This is my country too. So you know, we as patriots at large feel like we, our voice should be heard wherever it needs to be heard. If I need to go to the Canadian border to stop Canadian immigrants from coming across illegally, guess what? I will be there too. If I need to go to the East Coast or the West Coast to stop illegal aliens from coming across there, guess what? I'll be there too. And our group is committed to, to being the voice of the American patriot. You know, when we started this, that's what we really wanted to do: is paint a, a accurate picture of what an American patriot looks like. Uh, we are not racist. We are not xenophobes. We are not um, right-wing extremists. Um, we are just American people that go to work every day. We are black, white, brown, yellow. We don't, we are not, there. if you go to our website, you will see I've got people from Hawaii. I've got people that are Hispanic. I've got people that are black. I've got people that are white. I've got people that are Asian. It It is an actual, a, a great uh, proportionate picture of what uh, the American population looks like. And so Patriots at Large has just been this grassroots movement. We've literally started our our group on February 2nd of this year. So tomorrow will be two months and we are at almost 5,000 members in two months. So there's obviously people that believe in what we're doing. There's obviously people that are upset about the things that are going on in our country. And there are obviously people that want to get out and do something to help. And that's what we want to do. We want to get out and help. Whether that be in Laredo, whether that be here in the North Dallas area, my area, whether that be in Minnesota, California, New York, we just want to get involved. And so when we're portrayed as being a far-right extremist group, we are anything but that. Um, we, we went there. We hosted this with conservative values, conservative speakers. You were one of our speakers. Now, there was a speaker there that was not on our list. And this speaker has been, you know, tied to far-right extremists. But if you group our whole group and every group there as a far-right extremist because one person was there that showed up that was not on any list, and you can go back and document our event and the list that we had scheduled to speak, um, you know, and we did even after the event, after the event was over. We had a, an open mic after that for any local speakers that wanted to say anything else. Pastor Jorge Tovar, he's a local pastor there. Man, this guy is a, is a just a, a he is an awesome force in Laredo. You know, uh, Sandra Witten, Walter West, these are awesome forces in Laredo. Rio Grande Conservatives, awesome forces in Laredo. Jen Lowe and the Latino group down there, awesome forces in Laredo. You know, there are so many people down there that are doing so much to try to help that community, and they're fighting against a system, from what I understand from speaking with these people, that is pushing back against them. There's a socialist, a democratic socialist uh, um, group that have actually ran there, uh, Jessica Cisneros. Cisneros. Uh, you know, she ran as the Socialist America, the Democratic Social America uh, group, and she was sponsored 
sponsored by AOC and uh, Elizabeth Warren down there. You know, so they've got they've got some work ahead of them down there. We just want to help because that's not the country I grew up in. I know that's not the country you grew up in either, George. We want to help do something different about that. We just want to you know help put a shine a light on what patriots look like, how we can fix our country, and we will do whatever we can to help. You got it, buddy. we got to close here. Uh, tell the folks how, how um, they can follow Patriots at Large and where they can find you and uh, maybe even okay. participate. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so we have uh, 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 our largest following right now is on Facebook. It's Patriots at Large uh, group on Facebook. You know, just sign up and we'll admit you as quick as we can. We also have a, a website. It's patriotsatlarge.com. And so if you're willing to defend your country and you think that this is not going the direction it should be, then get with us and we'd love to have you. You got it, buddy. Once again, my friends, we've been talking with Terry Anderson with Patriots at Large. Thanks a lot, Terry, for being with us. You bet. Thanks, George. We'll talk to you soon. We're coming back down here soon, so I'll let you know when, okay? Great. Thank you very, very much. Once again, my friends, George George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio. got uh, our good buddy uh, Silvio Canto, and I had to reach out to him because he's written a very, very interesting article that appeared in Sunday's American Thinker uh, regarding the issue of, um, uh, of, of how immigrants, the migrants, are getting in right now and making a difference, making a, 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 a statement about how it's, uh, it's not asylum, it's, it's, become, uh, it's become political at this point. Uh, Silvio, thank you for taking time to be with us. Uh, well, thank you, George. Thank you for the invitation. It's always a great honor to be with you and with your audience. Yeah, well, thank you. Listen, tell us about the article. Now, Now, let's, yeah. let's preface this because I want to be sure that everybody understands that you yourself are a, a, a person that entered the United States as a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, you came as a refugee from Cuba. Right. Okay. So you have seen the system, and you 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 know how it works, uh, and you obviously are seeing how it's not working now. So that's right. That's exactly. I mean, I came to the United States with my brother, my sister, and my parents in 1964. Uh, as I'm sure the audience may remember, back in the 60s, there were many Cubans who came to the United States, and most of us just you know came by by airplane or whatever. We landed in Miami. Our story was a little bit more complicated, but but for the sake of the conversation, let's just say we got to Miami. And then in Miami, you're processed, you know, and you're given your your legal uh, status or green card, I guess they call it. And there was a program that granted Cubans that status because we were coming from a communist country uh, in much the same way that the Vietnamese were granted uh, status in the late 70s and you know, Eastern Europeans, people fleeing the Soviet Union, like the Russian Jews. You may remember some of that uh, back in the 80s, uh, George. So, I mean, there was a program, and I've always felt that one of the most noble things about the United States is the asylum program. I think it's a wonderful, a very noble characteristic of the United States. But that's not what, what's happening now. What's happening now, I think, is that the, you have people who are misusing it, uh, and they're coming here, and they're they're, they're showing up at a at a uh, border, and you know God only knows how they got there. We've heard all kinds of stories about having to pay uh, cartels or criminal elements, and I just feel like this is not immigration or asylum. This is chaos, and that's what I was trying to point out in the article that this is not the way it should be. If you want to come to the United States from Guatemala, from Honduras, uh, whatever, uh, there, there is an embassy in those countries, an American embassy in those countries, and you can solicit, uh, do the paperwork there, and eventually it'll be considered in the United States. Or we should return to the policy that President Trump and President Lopez Obrador created, President Lopez Obrador of Mexico created, so that they would remain in Mexico. In fact, they didn't remain in Mexico because once they found out that they had to stay in Mexico, they weren't coming. And that, in a sense, that's what broke the caravans. So I, I just think, to, to, to make a long story short, George, that what we're watching uh, at the border right now, and you're closer to it than I am, but it's just total, complete chaos. 
And there are simply not enough convention centers in the United States or military bases or whatever to house every single person who shows up at the border. I mean, it's just crazy. That That is completely insane. But I want to repeat because I want to make sure people understand that I support political asylum. Yes. But that's not what we're watching here. Most of these people are not coming from countries that are suffering from political repression. They may not be the best governments in the world, but they have elections, you know. Uh, they have freedoms. This is more of an economic, uh, more of an economic immigration. And there's simply not enough, as I say, convention centers in San Antonio and Dallas or whatever to put everybody in the world who wants to come to the United States. So this has to be stopped, George. I mean, the, the Biden administration really blew this one as far as I'm concerned, George. Yeah, the, to, to be exact, let's explain to them how this situation is happening uh, because it's, it's uh, you know, the, the, the uh, they call it catch and release. What is happening is that someone crosses the border uh, from Guatemala, from El Salvador, Honduras, uh, and they claim, uh, they, they claim asylum. Okay, now, every person that claims asylum has got to have a day in court, so to speak, where they uh, show that there is evidence that they are uh, being repressed, that they, that they are in danger in their home government, et cetera, et cetera, for political reasons, that they are, the, that they are afraid of uh, the opposition or because they are the opposition. Once they enter the United States right now, they are given a court date and then and then turned loose. In some cases, they're not even give, being given that nowadays. They're just being turned loose, with the understanding that later they're going. They're supposed to to report to a uh, a a uh, uh, to a hearing. However, we've seen statistics that ninety five percent never show up. Now, when you've got hundreds of thousands of people showing up and not going to a uh, hearing, and they're just going to disappear. That's not an orderly entry like you had with the Cubans or like you've had with anybody else. That's right. You and know? that's the point. I think you, the, the point you just made about the fact that it has to be orderly, because I think the American people deserve that. I mean, if, if you're an American taxpayer and you're paying for all of this, you're saying, wait a minute, you know, why, why am I paying for this? So, I mean, the American people are, you know, have a right to say this is my border and I want the border to be respected. And that's not happening. That's not happening right now. Now, in the article that I wrote for American Thinker, I also point out, I quoted Senator Collins of Maine, who was down there, I guess, on the fact-finding mission recently, and she comes right out and says the cartels control the border, uh, suggesting that they're the ones who, who are bringing these kids up here. There's an excellent article in today's Dallas Morning News or the Sunday's uh, that would be March uh, 28th, Sunday, Dallas Morning News, that I would recommend to everybody. And it's written by Alfredo Corchado, who's their U.S.-Mexico correspondent. does a great job of, of explaining, you know, how people are paying money and how in many cases, there's, you know, the, the criminal elements are misusing them and taking their money and not fulfilling whatever commitment they have. So, I mean, this whole thing is not just a, a, a problem once they cross. It's a problem, you know, getting there and, and exactly how these, I mean, I, I'm concerned about the young women, George, really concerned about young, young women because, you know, you, as I understand, you got 15, 16-year-old girls. I don't know, you know, how they're being forced to pay for, for this trip, but I, I don't, you know, I don't want to suggest that they're being used as uh, sex slaves, but I, I, I don't think that's... That's too crazy to suggest either. So you may have tremendous abuse of 15 and 16 year old girls who are coming in these trips, and you know that's just a horrible thing, George. I mean, it's it's just a, the situation is totally out of control, and I don't know how in the world we got here, but but it's a mess. And you're closer to it than I am, but we do have 3,000 people here at the Dallas Convention Center that you know are are here. And they never told us that during the campaign, George. Do you remember, <laughs> yeah, you remember I, Joe, Biden, Joe Biden saying during the campaign, 
that his definition of a humanitarian policy was filling the convention centers with people? I don't think so, George. Yeah, especially when we couldn't attend basketball games at these convention centers or stuff. Oh, like that. Yeah, you're telling me you couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't go to a hockey game or let, let me, here in town. Let so me ask you real quick. Here, yeah, let me ask you real quick here at the end. Um, one of the criticisms has been that that has been made by the left, by leftists, leftist Hispanics in particular, is that Cuban Americans and Cuban refugees have been treated preferentially, and therefore they have no right to criticize. How do you feel when somebody says that? Well, uh, first of all, I think that's true. We, we were granted uh, the Congress of the United States passed a law. And, uh, and and that's how we came in. Now, the, when I talk to people like this who say stuff like that, and I've heard it many times, what I say to them is, look, we came from a communist country, uh, no different than people from Romania or Poland or whatever. So it was uh, uh, that decision that was made about the Cubans in the 60s and the 70s was made in the middle of the Cold War when Cuba was a... It still is, but it certainly was a bigger one when the Soviet Union was around. I mean, you had Cuban troops fighting in Angola, you know, supporting the Soviet Union. So it, it was a time in the middle of the Cold War when that decision was made. Uh, that's, again, that's a totally different political situation than what's happening in Honduras and Guatemala and El Salvador. Uh, those countries are not the greatest countries in the world to live. Uh, but they're not exactly dictatorships like was the case in Cuba. As I said, most of the people coming from those countries are fleeing poverty, unfortunately. And yes, there is a lot of violence. A lot of it is, is uh, cartel-related or drug-related. Well, the other, the other thing, the other thing, excuse me for cutting you up, but the sure, other thing sure. is that these, these countries receive foreign aid from the United States. I mean, Cuba did not. No. We, you know, we provide to these countries already some foreign aid, and now we're getting their citizens here, plus we're giving them more foreign aid. So, I don't know. It feels like we're, they're double dipping. No, that's right. And, 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 and they are. And, and, and again, you know, I don't think we're doing these countries any favor by, uh, by continuing taking people because, you know, people say, well, we, you know, we should go to the source of the problem. Well, the source of the problem is that these countries have bad economies. They've had them for a long time. And, but again, I go back to my earlier point. There are not enough convention centers in the United States <laughs> to take every single economic refugee in the world. That's right. I mean, That's right. there's six billion people in the world, George. George, six billion people in the world. My guess is that about five billion of them would live better in the United States than wherever they're living now. That's right. There's simply no way we can handle it. That's right. At some point, we have to say, okay, this is it. I mean, that's it. No more. You know, it's like when it's like when you're, you know, when you go to the bank uh, and the bank closes at three and you're in line in your car and they say, okay, you're the last one. The next guy, no, the bank is closed. That's I mean, that's kind of what we're going to have to do here. Say, okay, that's it. That's it. No more. Otherwise, they're just going to keep on coming. And I've seen numbers. Well, you've seen them too. Numbers that are just. Yeah. 100,000 people a month. That's crazy. That's Where crazy. are they going to put them? That's right. We've got to uh, close out, but let's um, right. tell the folks tell the folks where they can follow you, where they can where they can read more uh, of your stuff. Well, the easiest thing to do is just go to the go to the internet and just put Silvio Canto C A N T O Junior S I L V I O, uh, or simply put Canto Talk, and and you'll get the the. Uh, the podcast is, and, and then of course at American Thinker, I uh, usually post uh, something there every day. Uh, there's a lot of people in Texas who read American Thinker. In fact, I had a uh, just a quick story here, George. I had the opportunity to visit with the editor of American Thinker and his wife. Uh, they, they they were passing uh, around here, and I had a chance to sit down with them. And he mentioned to me that Texas is one of their biggest, uh, one of the most popular areas for for readers. So I know a lot of your listeners, George, uh, read American Thinker, and if you do, I'm usually on the right hand side, you know, the, the the what they call the blog section, and I'm usually there on the right hand side. I try to put an article every day, and uh, you know, try 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 to do this. This one I have to confess has gotten a lot of feedback, and a lot of people have liked it because I think I, I think I told it like it is in a very respectful way, George. You got it, buddy. 
Well, we thank you for taking time to be with us, buddy. Once again, we've been talking with my good friend Silvio Canto from Dallas. And uh, Silvio, take care. We'll be um, chatting some more uh, as things progress. Well, it's always an honor, George, to be on your show. So anytime. Thank you very much. Once again, friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, my friends. Once again, George Ladigas, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM radio. And uh, we've got one of our very, very good friends, one of my very good friends, Mr. Tom Homan, who uh, used to be with uh, the directorate uh, of ICE at, uh, under the Trump administration. And um, now he is a senior fellow with the Immigration uh, Reform Law Institute, uh, another good group that uh, we chat with on a regular basis. But Tom is down in uh, the valley in McAllen. And um, given his experience, given his uh, knowledge, I wanted to reach out to him and ask him, what is he seeing and what is happening down there? What are the causes? Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to be with us. What is going on? And uh, what are you witnessing down there? Well, despite what Secretary Mayorkas in the White House is saying, it's a full-blown crisis. I'm seeing... um I'm seeing an unprecedented amount of uh, alien children come across that border. Numbers we've never seen. Uh, and the administration wants to say, well, this is seasonal. This happens every year. It's, it's a stone-cold lie. Last March, they arrested a total of 33,000. This March, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm making an estimate here, but I'm, I'm, I'm being very conservative. They're going to arrest 150,000. Oh, my gosh. So to go from 33,000 to 150,000, don't tell me it's you have you have you have increased the illegal crossing by three hundred fifty percent because you're over borders policies. So you know the men and women down here are overwhelmed. As a matter of fact, one board legend references as Broken Arrow because we are at Broken Arrow because I we cannot handle the influx. We are inundated. We and they're, they're estimating over a thousand gotaways every day. Uh, these are people that don't want to be caught. These aren't family members. These aren't children that turn themselves over to border patrol. These are going to be the bad guys, right? These are going to be the guys that don't want to get caught. These are going to be your gang members. These are going to be your guys carrying fentanyl and black tar heroin and, and, and single adults that want to not get caught. They get into the United States and claim they've been here for several years so they can get amnesty. So a thousand gotaways a day. So for anybody to claim this border is secure and closed, it's just a bold faced lie. Now, we have heard uh, that um, today that uh, the vice president, Kamala Harris, has um, reached out, as she put it, to um, the uh, Central American leaders, in fact, specifically to the Guatemalan leader. I cannot imagine what conversation she's going to have other than she's going to offer them money, which is going to be like a payoff. For, uh, and then they're still not going to get do anything to stop the, the the flow of their citizens to our to our borders. No, you know she didn't have to make the phone call. The Trump administration had agreements with Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, Mexico on third very same country. We were working very well with them to address illegal migration, and they tore all those agreements up the first three days of Joe Biden become president. He destroyed everything Trump because their hatred for the man. And they destroyed some, you know, unprecedented agreements that no other president was able to achieve. So here they go, reinventing the wheel. They had a great agreement. So look, you're going to offer them all the money you want. You can't possibly match the money they're getting from illegal aliens in this country to sending back remittances. Mexico alone last year got $40 billion in remittances. The government's not going to offer them that kind of money. So these countries, you know, they don't mind these people getting in the United States. They don't have to take care of them. They don't have to train them. They don't have to provide social services to them and their family. They come to the United States. They work and send their money home. So, you know, good luck with that. This country has given these countries billions of dollars before, but because of corruption, it never gets to the right people. They never build the infrastructure they need to keep people home to do the job. So good luck with that. You reinvent the wheel. 
the the situation also the uh, the the agents are so busy with the uh, with with all these people introducing themselves. <laughs> I'll put it in those terms: introducing themselves to the border patrol. That uh, there's there's no one really watching the you know the hinterlands uh, where all the uh, cartels are are and their mules are coming in through right. Right. That's what. That's what this humanitarian crisis quickly turns into national security crisis because forty to fifty percent of the border patrol. I, I'm here. I've been told. I've seen forty to fifty percent of the border patrol is not on the line. They're in these facilities taking care of kids and families, and you know, they're making meals and changing diapers and doing whatever they got to do. And and when when the cartels and these large groups attack the access, like I said, they use the unguarded portions to move their stuff through. The men and women of the border patrol just they're just their morale's in the tank. Uh, they feel like their President Biden and the Secretary has abandoned them. They're lying about what's happening on the border. It's an insult to the men and women who are dealing with this crisis. They lost total respect. They, they, I, 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 I haven't speak to one board that has any respect for the current President or Secretary because, not because who they are, not even because of their policies. It's because they're lying about it. So, uh, you know, I was a board agent, and I, I shook as many hands as I could and thanked them because they're in a tough spot. And, and you also see, you can see an overturned board patrol. Those are eligible to retire, going to retire. Those who can find another job will be looking because they didn't sign up for this. They want to enforce law, secure the border. They don't want to be a walking in the Senate. Uh, they want to enforce law. They want to secure the border, and they're not being allowed to. Yeah. Now, you know, you were a police officer as well. I've got to ask you this question. What the heck are we going to do while they are defunding the police, uh, while the police officers in our jurisdictions are under attack, and at the same time the doggone border is open. What the heck can we do? You know, we should do the right thing in November, right? And, yep. and whether we did or didn't, I, I will leave that off to debate, but um, you need to call your congressman and your senator and hold them accountable. They work for you. They're accountable to you, not the other way around. I don't care if they're, if they're a Democratic congressman or senator or not. See, I'm done with this. Stop the opening borders agenda. Stop with the cancel culture crap. And, and secure my border and protect, you know, and give the police the tools and authorities they need to protect our communities. We pay taxes, we expect to be protected. So I think the voters need to, and the taxpayers need to raise hell. And, and of course, get out in 2022 and help take back the House and the Senate. But, you know, we're in trouble for the next couple of years. There's no doubt about it. But you got to pressure the elected representatives that they're, they're serving the last term in Congress and they don't listen to you and, and do what the, what, what is, uh, uh, constituency demands. Even, I think some even that supported a looser immigration policy, when you see what's going on now, if you actually see it and hear the truth, you, you probably won't hear it on CNN or MSNBC, but even if you believe that we should be more liberal immigration policies, you can't possibly support what's going on right now. Yeah. 31% of these women are being sexually assaulted making that journey. Children are dying. Children are being abused. Parents are putting their hand, uh, children in the hands of criminal cartels. They, they dumped on the Trump administration for the separation of 2,500 families, but already 17,000 kids have been separated from their families. No one's talking about that. Jeez. So, you know, it's, it's, and, and, you know it just, and I said months ago that people are going to die because of these policies, and they already started. Yep. We had, had a mother and two children across the river the other day. They all drowned, and, and, and the board was able to resuscitate the mother and the one child, but the other child just they couldn't bring back. So, uh, it's sad. It's terrible. And uh, people need to wake up and start raising some hell. You know, that, that tragedy also raised another issue. Um, C- CBS yesterday in their report, because they can't ignore this situation anymore, but they made it, their report made it sound like it was the Border Patrol's fault for not being ready for a surge and for not having the equipment to save people. Your thoughts? <laughs> well, look, Border Patrol's ready for a surge. Is the administration not ready? Well, their problem right now is there's not enough beds in HHS. Now, they planned this, sir. They knew when they were saying, making all these promises, each time these EOs, you know what the result is going to be. You know, unless you're an idiot, you know it's going to cause a surge. Uh-huh. And, and they want to blame the Trump administration so he, you know, he dismantled the beds from ORR. Let's make something clear. He didn't need them. He secured the border. He didn't need thousands of empty beds because he did the right thing to secure the border. This administration, like I said, this is open borders by design, but it was, it was bad planning because they, they must have realized how many people are going to come across, so they plan, they failed to plan to house these people. 
but don't blame Borcho. Borcho saved over 4,000 lives last year. Borcho knew it was coming. Senior Borcho agents told the transition team, if you end these policies, this is what's going to happen. And it happened. And even though they were told it's going to happen, the administration did it anyway. Yep. So the only one to blame here is the administration that's making these decisions and, and ordering the Border Patrol not to enforce the law. <laughs> uh, Tom, thank you for taking time to be with us today. I know how busy you are down there. Uh, doing all these interviews and giving people uh, a, a direct inf- uh, knowledge of what is happening and, you know, for somebody that's been on the front lines. Uh, anything that you'd like to share with us as we close? Look, you see a man in a woman in green uniform, Borto uniform, thank them for their service, thank them for what they're doing. I mean, they, they're, their morale's in the tank, and they've been, they've been abandoned by the president and secretary. These, these men and women, they're mothers and fathers, too, and they're dealing with a very emotional uh, crisis that affects them. They take a home with them. They take a sickness home. There's a lot of measles, chicken pox, and, and lice in these facilities, and these men and women are getting sick. They're calling in sick. They're, they're falling asleep at, at, at work. They're working so hard, and they're even taking some of the sickness home to their family. Uh, so, you know, you, you see a board collision? Thank you. When you're sleeping in your bed at night, they're, they're standing on the front line trying to protect your country. Oh, man. You got it, buddy. We understand that completely. Thank you very, very much. You take care of yourself down there, my my friend. You got it. You got it. Bye-bye. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, thank you for being with us today. I hope that you enjoyed the show, and I hope you'll tell your friends about it. By all means, please support our, our sponsor, Border Hawk News. Uh, they uh, are the ones, if you're going to turn to, that you want to, uh, if you want to know anything about what's going on regarding immigration anywhere in the world, international immigration, and immigration right here at our doorstep, my friends. They are the folks to, that uh, that can tell you, that, that report on them, but con- consistently and, con- and very, very accurately. Please support them. So once again, my friends, until next time, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, if you, if you are looking for someone to... Uh, Come speak to your group regarding this issue, regarding race relations, regarding police community relations, uh, and the fake news. Feel free to call on me. Uh, You can contact me through Facebook, through Twitter. Just look for George Rodriguez, El Conservador. I'm there. Until next time, my friends, thank you for for, uh, being with us. Stay safe and stay strong. (music) 